Twin brothers Evan and Jordan Caldwell of Calgary were killed when they and six other teens making an after-hours run down the bobsled track on toboggans collided with a chain barrier placed partway down the track at COP. Caleb Hatinga suffered a fractured skull and lost an eye in the accident. Mark Lyons needed major facial reconstructive surgery. And David Carr sustained injuries to his head, neck, and mouth. The other three boys, Danny Spaulding and brothers Eric and Wilson Schultz, suffered less serious injuries. Now, the accident shocked the city, uh, the province, and indeed the world as news of their misguided adventure made headlines almost everywhere as it stood as a warning to all thrill-seeking youth that there are consequences to actions, and sometimes those consequences can be tragic. But the story has also stood as a testament of the grace of God and the hope that is found deeply in the heart of every Christian. Not just a hope that tragedies can work for the good, but the hope that we all hold of a new home and body in heaven with Jesus one day. We have in studio today Troy Pahal and also the father of Jordan and Evan, Jason Caldwell. And Jason, it's so good to have you with us today. Uh, Thanks for having me. A lot has happened in a year, and those of you, or those of us who know you better, uh, and I do go to you, the same church, the same Christian fellowship as you, uh, able to see the the body of Christ come around you in some very special ways. Uh, I can give as a personal testimony, Jason, that at the uh, viewing and the memorial of your sons um, prior to the actual funeral, um, you ministered to hundreds of people that were in line at that uh, funeral home. And as we waited in line to work our way to the front, uh, I remarked to some of my friends, Jason ministered to me. And he received me and he hugged me and gave me strength. And you did that over and over and over again as people were coming through down those lines. Um, Where did you get the strength to go through that that day? Well, it's it's a bit of a blur now, but uh, we obviously felt that the Holy Spirit just uh, gave us strength to rise to that occasion and uh, recognizing that even from the first moments that the impact um, of sorrow and grief was far-reaching and that every single person uh, coming you know to the viewing to the funeral were were experiencing uh, just as much loss as we were, but we we knew where the boys were. We even from the very first moments on that Saturday, February sixth, um, a feeling of God's sovereignty. Um, a story that I haven't had a chance to share with many people was um, on the morning of uh, February sixth uh, when I got up. I uh, walked out our bedroom door, and the way our house is laid out, there's there's three bedrooms um, there, and I can see uh, the the bedrooms of the kids. And uh, because we have a, a little dog that occasionally got into trouble from time to time, those doors were always closed. And um, and so when I walked out on that Saturday morning, I I saw three closed doors, went downstairs, and. Uh, open my Bible. And uh, I had made a commitment earlier in the year, at the start of the year, to, uh, to read through the Bible, and I had a Bible reading plan. And on that particular morning, I was in Genesis chapter 43. And uh, I um, uh, was actually running a little bit ahead of schedule. And I opened up the Word, and I sat down thinking that this was just going to be a normal Saturday. And I started to read. And um, and my devotions that morning had me right in the middle of the story of Jacob 
and his sons mm. and the famine and Egypt and Joseph was in Egypt, but the brothers and Jacob did not know that he was there. And uh, the, the brothers had uh, completed their first journey to Egypt and brought back food, but the food was running out and it was time to, uh, to go back again. But, it, but they knew they couldn't go back uh, without Benjamin. And uh, Jacob was very uh, exasperated and uh, did not want to, uh, to send them back with Benjamin because he was uh, quite concerned about losing another son. And uh, he finally gives in and, in, in, I'm sure, with great exasperation, declares in, in Genesis 43, if I'm bereaved, I'm bereaved. And those were the, that was one of the last verses I read before walking out the door of my house and seeing an empty driveway. And even as I sat in the chair in our living room and read that, there was something that just hit me. What is going on? This seems, there's something extra happening here as I'm reading these words. And as I walked out the the front door and I saw the empty driveway and I knew that my sons hadn't come home, I asked God, I said, did you just telegraph me a message? And uh, it was only moments later that we were told to come to the hospital. There had been an accident, and I stood on the, the uh, sidewalk of the Foothills Hospital, and I received another message on my phone with a link to a breaking news story uh, by the Calgary Herald that two had died overnight on the track. And in that moment, I knew. I knew that, that uh, Evan and Jordan that God had tenderly and in his sovereignty and in his mercy had given me about a one-hour heads up on that news. Hmm. Talk to us a little bit about how um, God supported you. I I know he can alone, but he uses as his hands and feet quite often the body of Christ, and people come around. Did you see anything extraordinary during the year that you felt like, wow, this is really the body of Christ at its best? Absolutely, and, and I think that one of the uh, big part of this story here today is talking about the body of Christ in action. And, you know, we have been the recipients of amazing love and kindness and support that, that I believe is just exceptional in our world. And, you know, this scripture comes to mind uh, from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, sorry, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And that's our story. And, and there's a, a, a gigantic thank you that, I, that Shauna, myself, Katie, we want to put out there to the Christian community. Uh, right across this province and across the country um, for the letters, the support, the words of encouragement, thoughtfulness, all kinds of things at different anniversaries, Christmas. We, we have really just been completely humbled by the love of God in action coming from the Christian community. Jason, as I've heard the amazing stories about Jordan and Evan and Evan and Jordan, however they end up falling in order because uh, uh, they really reached a lot of people 
uh, at a young age, uh, but their maturity was beyond their years. There's uh, just so many things that I have heard uh, and, and continue to hear about um, how they are missed because of who they were and the impact that they had. Uh, part of that was the mischievous side of, of mm-hmm. any young person. Uh, I think we've all been in situations and positions where uh, we, we got lucky, uh, you know, I think is maybe sometimes how we describe it. And uh, I know certainly for myself, there's times behind the wheel of a vehicle um, or, or someone else is, is behind the wheel of a vehicle where um, I know that that could have turned out very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, uh, with your boys uh, being adventurous and being uh, mm-hmm. guys that throw caution to the wind, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, God is with them, how did that impact uh, learning of the circumstance and, and how, uh, how that February 6th came to happen? Well, certainly we had to wrestle with that a lot in those first uh, weeks sure. as we considered what the what the real story you know was and uh, it was just so sensational and exceptional um, the fact that there was all of these young people and how they came together you know in that moment of providence and destiny and ended up you know, going from having a fun time at McDonald's to yeah. uh, actually picking up some toboggans and getting to the hill. And we absolutely want to make it really clear that um, no one is trying to whitewash the situation. Um, they, they're, the boys were offside that night. They were trespassing. Uh, they they made a mistake, and they shouldn't have been there. And uh, they, uh, although... You know, there was some familiar, familiarity with the bobsled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan and Jordan had worked there, and they had been down, you know, properly all geared up. Um, mm. But, um, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's many stories and things that, 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 that will come out. But ultimately, uh, there's no uh, attempt here to try to uh, whitewash the fact that uh, they shouldn't have been there, and they know that. And ultimately, Evan and Jordan paid the ultimate price, and three of the other young men, you know, ha- will have the scars to show for the rest of their lives. But nothing happens beyond the notice of God, beyond the permission of God, and nothing crosses into our lives past the threshold, the door of our lives, uh, without first being permitted by the king and mm. our sovereign. And ultimately, that's the story, is that it's the story of God's sovereignty, that he, as much as it hurts and as much as it it still pains us to not have Evan and Jordan with us, mm-hmm. we know that this was not a random act. It wasn't something that um, God didn't know was going to happen. And he, out of those Eight boys that went down the track, he specifically said, Evan and Jordan, you're coming home early tonight. You're the ones that are coming home tonight. Hmm. I think the for most people, they would hear a statement like that, God is sovereign, from someone who's experienced what is arguably the greatest pain that can be experienced hmm. by a, a human during their lifetime, and say, how can you say that? You know, how, how, how is it that you can, because that is the harder angle by which to hold in your heart. The, the easier thing to do would be to say it was out of God's control. This, this was not something that he knew about. This is not something that he let happen. 
So how is it, how has God brought you to that place where that is the truth that is on your heart today? I think every time we cross a, an anniversary, whether it's a birthday or a Christmas or Mother's Day or Father's Day or some other part time of the year, you know, the sting of their loss will be with us mm. uh, perpetually. And I believe that the answer to that question, Troy, is that this all serves as a clear and present reminder beyond our immediate circle, even people listening today. This is the cost of death. This is the cost of the curse. And this is why Jesus Christ came. He came to defeat death, and he came to give us hope for eternity. He came to give us uh, forgiveness and peace with God here on earth, but he gave us, he came to defeat the ultimate enemy, and the enemy is death. And there's, I know there's people listening today, and you're dealing with a crisis of, of loss even right now, because people die every single day. But the, the big thing with Evan and Jordan is, there, is they were young. They, but, you know, we have come to a, a place of peace and saying, you know, from the moment we held them in our arms— God knew they were going to live 17 years and 46 days. And their lives would serve as a reminder of the grace and mercy of God. And that ultimately has been the story that, that we've had the opportunity to share, is that is how do I get to heaven? How do I have peace with God? How do I have an assurance of heaven? And it's not by the good works that we do. It's not because we were that we always drove the speed limit or that we lived in a legalistic, hmm. you know, fashion. Right. The the fact is is that we have the assurance of heaven because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. When he died on that cross, he died for our sins past, present, future. Mm-hmm. And he became the substitution for the debt that we owed. And so in the wee hours of the morning on February 6th, as Evan and Jordan's spirits departed their bodies on the side of that hill at COP, they came and they entered God's courtroom. And it says, man is appointed once to die and then to appear before the Father. And when they appeared in that courtroom and as they began, I I really believe that, that there was probably a lot of voices in that courtroom. The same voices that we heard on social media saying, you know, these guys are guilty. They're, they, they, they screwed up. No mercy. You know, there was voices like that in the city. I, I had some guy come up to me right to my face and say, Jason, that was a pretty stupid thing your sons did. And I'm sure that those same voices were, were there in the courtroom uh, before the father. But before Evan and Jordan had to make a defense— Jesus walked down mm-hmm. the aisle, met them at the door of that courtroom, and said, you're with me. And he brought him up to the bench, and he stood in front of the Father, the judge, the creator, and he said, Father, I want to introduce you to Evan and Jordan Caldwell. I shed my blood so that they could live. These ones are with me. Case closed. And so as we begin to try to apprehend the doctrine of God's sovereignty, we have to say these words, thy will be done. 
thy will be done. Does life make sense? Does all this make sense? No, it doesn't. And it hurts, and there's pain and sorrow, and that's what we, this, this anniversary will be a very acute memory of, but thy will be done. And as we step forward, may this be not just a, a short-term impact, but we pray it'll be a shockwave that'll go through generations, a reminder that this is why Jesus came, so that when we find ourselves in those situations like you just talked about, mm-hmm. when we find ourselves in over our heads or making a bad decision and, yeah. and feeling the consequences and, and, and uh, dealing with... Um, dealing with uh, the results of, 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 of sin or temptation, we know that God is there ready to give us a second chance and that he knows our frame. He knows that we're but dust and that we our salvation is secure at him because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. You take Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good for those who love God, according you know, called according to his purposes. Um, you've mentioned a couple things that I could identify as as positive things in the sense that it is like shockwave. Uh, the first that I saw of this in social media came from a TV station in Cleveland, Ohio, on website. So I was like, wow, if they're wow. airing this down in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, I can only imagine how many youth pastors are using this whole situation as an illustration about wise living and proper choices, and you never know when your last is. I mean, there's, it's probably endless how mm-hmm. uh, many people know and how this can be used, but could you illustrate for us how you've been able to see another area in your own personal life where you could say, as, as tragic as this is, as painful as it has been, here's an area where this has worked out for good. Mm. I think that that track at COP is, uh, is a metaphor that people can understand. You know, I've had the opportunity to stand at the top of the bobsled track uh, since the tragedy, and uh, and it's awesome. You know, I, I think there's not you know a, a, a young person on this planet that wouldn't be enticed by the <laughs> by the by the, the the shininess of the ice. It's the straight. Thrill. It's wide. Mm. Um, mm. It's uh, there's there's a you know bunch of uh, there's a canopy there and it, you're yeah. just, you're just like, man, this is awesome. Hmm. But just over the hill and just down a little ways, just out of sight is that first corner. There's that first corner and none of us knows what's around the next corner. Hmm. And so the tract is like a metaphor for life. You know, things are going great. Things are whatever condition we find ourselves in, we're moving down that track. But everyone knows that there's never, there's not going to be a, a warning sign that pops up and says, you're approaching the last turn of your life. And those boys didn't know that. They didn't know that. They didn't know that just around that first corner was a, was a dead end and a chain waiting to, you know, severely injure or, 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 or kill them. And, uh, and so as we look and say, well, you know, what, what good comes from this? Um, again, we say, may God, um, may thy will be done, Lord, in terms, of the, in terms of the story. But I think it's also, you know, a reminder for young people that there are going to be times and situations in your life where you are the last gatekeeper for your friends. And you are going to be 
the, the last person to say, hey, you know what? Don't go to that party. Don't get in that car. Don't date that guy. Don't make this decision because you can see the danger. And we accept the sovereignty of the situation and how it has turned out. But, but as, a, as a message, you know, it's a message. It's, mm. it's a call. It's a wake-up call to say, you know, how do I care and love for my friends? And caring and loving for your friends sometimes means you throw yourself down in the, in the, in the path of danger and say, not on my watch. Not as long as I'm your friend are you going to make this decision. And I pray that, uh, that uh, we will, as Christians, be bold and courageous as we show love for one another that way, that we will take, put, step out of our comfort zones and we will be prepared to show love in a way uh, that uh, speaks truth and honesty into different kinds of situations like that. Mm. We'll need to wrap up. Um, I thought it'd be great, Jason, if you could share with us, you know, 17 years that you had the privilege of raising them. They were gifted boys. We know that they were very intelligent, things like that. What was one thing about, you know, Jordan and Evan that uh, you could tell our audience, tell us as well, that would be something very original about them? I don't know. Was one of them um, gifted uh, at, at, at things that we wouldn't know about besides their intellect and stuff like that? What was something really unique about your boys that you could share that was really cool? One of the things for sure is, is that they love, to, uh, they love to pull pranks. They love to catch mm-hmm. people off guard. And, uh, and so it was a very common thing, uh, you know, to wake up uh, and step out of your home and find out that you were supporting a political party that you didn't know you supported. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, some <laughs> midnight moving of uh, election signs. <laughs> uh, I think they... Um, uh, but their their primary trademark uh, was was not the jokes that they liked to play or the pranks. Uh, they were always up for putting on a wig or a crazy hat or dressing up funny or or uh, things like that. But their number one trademark um, was their kindness. Hmm. And uh, many uh, students have uh, been in our home and visited us over this past year, and and I just can't tell you how many have come up and said. Evan and or Jordan, or Evan and Jordan, they were my very first friends in this school. Uh, they were the first ones that came and sat with me, the first ones that uh, noticed me, the first ones that found me. And that was their trademark. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, at their high school on uh, Monday, uh, the Westmount uh, High School has declared uh, now and hence forevermore uh, February 6th to be Random Acts of Kindness Day. Oh, cool. In honor of the boys. Mm. And uh, and they've done a number of other things there. But uh, that was their trademark. There's just, that is the overwhelming thing that always comes out. They were the ones to give you a ride, pick you up at 6.30 in the morning for band practice or hmm. drive you out to camp or pick you up for church, take you to youth group, you know, just just hour, just just a couple hours before the uh, the tragedy, you know, Evan and Jordan actually had picked up and and taken uh, taken kids uh, to and from uh, their church youth group mm. event, you know, on that very very night. One last one for you, if you would mind, Jason. At what point when you were raising them from you know th- through their baby stages, toddlers, and they're becoming young boys, little boys. At what point did you feel confident? Yeah, these guys are on the right track. I can I can I can relax a bit here. 
Uh, I think the answer to that is I don't think I ever relaxed. (laughs) 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 But, you know, I I feel by the grace of God, he gave me some insight um, when they were just really just at the earliest age that... uh, that I only have a so, so many years with them, hmm. and that those years of influence uh, get start to become diminished because I, I was I, very mindful of the fact that I left home at age 17 and mm-hmm. came to Calgary to go to hmm. school. And, uh, and so just a real uh, conviction to make every moment count. Mm-hmm. And so just being intentional, and, uh, and that was uh, just a gift that that God gave us that, that, that understanding, that insight. And, um, and when we look back at those 17 years, we don't have any regrets. We're just, Mm. we just, we're so thankful. We had some excellent times, um, some very, very rich times, but they weren't rich because of money or because of opportunity. They were, they were rich just because we had that opportunity to, to live life with them and do life. And, and uh, invest into their into their lives, and we saw the fruit of that in others. You've been listening to uh, Les Moore and Troy Pahal as we chat with uh, Jason Caldwell, who lost his sons on February 6th. And uh, Jordan and Evan have given a lot of people a lot of opportunity to reconsider um, how they're living and uh, the questions, the hard questions they ask of themselves and of their friends and of others. Uh, Jason, thank you for your vulnerability in uh, sharing what it is and how it is that God is, is moving in your life and, and through Evan and Jordan, even though they aren't here with us. We got to mention that uh, even though your family went through this tragedy, um, you continue to serve the Lord, mm-hmm. and you have Messenger, um, formerly Messenger Productions, but you also have a, an exciting event right around the corner. You know, the city of Calgary is cooperating with, and I think we got to share that news. Right now, we uh, have an application into the city, and we're really praying that uh, God will give us favor, uh, but the uh, our plans, our hopes are that uh, we'll have an opportunity to have a stage in the uh, Princess Island area, somewhere in the riverfront area between 10th Street uh, Northwest and uh, Fort Calgary, and uh, we're calling it Canada Hope 150. And this will be an opportunity f- uh, for uh, the Christian community to come together and through music and through testimony, uh, share the hope that we have uh, because of Jesus Christ and the hope for our nation. Mm. And so uh, our, our nation has an incredible Christian heritage. And uh, obviously we believe that the, the rich blessings that we have as a country are because of um, God's blessing mm. and because of the foundation that this country was built upon. So we're praying for favor, and please pray with us that, that we will um, have this opportunity to have a Canada Hope 150 stage uh, on Canada Day at Princess Island Park. Tremendous, awesome. yeah. tremendous. Jason, thanks so much uh, for coming in today and sharing your your story. And um, you know, we look forward to hearing more about how God will use you through Messenger and um, to do events. I know your heart really is to reach the lost and uh, to proclaim the message of well, the good news, and that being the gospel. So, um, you're a very strong man. You've been a very encouraging person, and uh, you enriched the lives of so many. So, thank you so much mm. for sharing with our listeners today. 